Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 75. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by the man, the myth, the tattoo offendee, Mark Carabin, <laughs> the Kernardine. Hey, how you doing? Mark, I'm glad to see no tears were shed, uh, but you know what? You were doing God's work, uh, getting a tattoo, live streamed for Extra Life. So uh, God was, bless you, man. That was fun, man. It was it was good. I, it, it didn't really, I don't know if it was uh, the placement or what, but it didn't really hurt that much. So I was able to like just kind of keep going with the live stream for uh, about an hour, I guess. Uh, and then we, we kind of ended up taking a break and uh, I just kind of stopped the stream there because data and all that kind of fun stuff and uh you know just yeah it was it was fun though it was good um we raised some money and we'll talk about that later but uh but i have a new tattoo it's it's uh it's it's healing up it's it's um it's good i'm, I'm happy it's uh it's it's pretty good for anyone watching the video you just got a qu- quick glimpse uh for anyone listening jump over to our youtube channel and uh and check that out um but yeah i'm really really happy with how it turned out very, very cool. Very ingenious way to share the love. Really appreciate you doing that. In fact, they allowed you to do that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, but you know what? We've got a new guest on the co-op couch this week. We've got an old, old dear friend, the the bearded wonder himself, Mr. Larry Giver from World One One Podcast. How you doing, Larry? This isn't my podcast. Where am I? How did I get here? Oh, Larry, you're in the lair of the Secret Friends co-op mode. Yes. Uh, Larry goes back. Me from my studio. I know. Larry goes back a long way with Secret Friends Unite proper. He's been on many, many podcasts. Even he was go- showing up when we were doing video game podcasts before it was co-op mode, before it, whatever it was. And I would just try to sneak video games in when Charlie would allow me to do it as a uh, favor. Uh, yeah. So, uh, Larry, uh, tell people a little bit uh, about yourself before we dig into the, the gory details. Uh, I was born a crotchety, grumpy old man. I came out screaming, get off my lawn. Uh, <laughs> about five and a half years ago, we started uh, World 1-1, and this past year, I have been growing it from a singular show into a growing network of podcasty goodness of which uh, Todd has very recently and graciously uh, allowed me to sucker him, I mean, volunteer him to be a part of with our newest show. Absolutely. So, yeah, World 1-1 has a long history. He's had some great guests on the show and and re-bringing it back to life proper with some new shows. It's been great to see uh, Larry emerge because Larry is one of the nicest people in gaming. So um, he he does not discriminate. He uh, he just embraces all gaming. So uh, definitely follow Larry on the Twitters. Although if you can figure his damn name out, there are so many bearded wonders on Twitter. Uh, I guess you have put numbers and hashtags and things in it to even Replace find people the these days. And the last E with a three. Perfect. I like that. Very simple. Very simple. Oh, well, well, Larry, we play a little game to get to know our guests a little bit better and to get to know the co-host a little bit better. It's called buy rent return. And you know what? I figure since this was a big day for Xbox, it was their 20th anniversary, the Duke, the big green blob, whatever you want to call it. Oh my goodness. Um, we're going to do buy rent return three original X 
Xbox franchises. But we're going to go with a little bit more infamous Xbox franchises. First, Blinks, the Time Sweeper. Was it Azerisk? Asterisk? I can't remember the guy's name. The blue guy who killed yeah. a lot of people. Yes. And Otogi. I think it was Asterix, spelled with an X at the end. Yes. So, guys, you know, I don't want to give you the easy ones like Halo, Forza, Gears. I mean, come on. If we're going to go deep, we're going to go deep. When that original Xbox launched, people didn't know if this thing would last. Um, it was a weird beast. Had a hard drive, an Ethernet cable, really unique box. But it didn't have a lot of like games when it launched. So it launched with a lot of interesting titles. So, but they tried to nail a lot of different things. They did Japanese titles, they did a mascot, they 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 eventually bought rare to make games for them. So they've had a wild ride. So that's why I said let's do some things that are a little bit off the beaten path. So once again, Azeric. I think it was Azeric, which was a weird blue guy with a, with a, with a stick, beat up people. Mm-hmm. Blinks, the time cat, and the last, but not the least, um, it's going to be a Togi. So Togi was like a Japanese game inspired with mythology. Very interesting game. So, Mark, you gave me a death stare when I mentioned these games. <laughs> it wasn't a death stare. It was a confusing stare. I missed. Have you played any of these? Uh, no. Okay, so I'm looking these up very quickly to see. Based I didn't play literally. Any of them. I know of box art. What I'm going. Okay, to do. okay. So let me go a little less deep then to make everyone satisfied. If we have to do that, so we're gonna go with a little bit different. Then we'll go Fable. Okay. We will go Forza Motorsport, not Horizon, because that's the that's the kingpin that started it off. And then we will go with Gears of War. So, Larry, since you're first, what would you buy, what would you rent, and what would you return in the days of Blockbuster? Oh. Gears of War can go back. Not my cup of tea. It's a whole lot of bland. Rent's going to be Fable. Fable you can polish off quick enough. Buy for me, shockingly, is going to be Forza. Like, Racing is not really my thing per se, but racing games I find I can go back to way more frequently uh, and not feel bad about. Like, I've got a good, like, I'll still crack out Ridge Racer 6 on my 360 or even Ridge Racer DS. Like, those are fun. You know, you get into the arcadey stuff. Really like that. Forts is not quite that, but, you know, I'm okay with racing. Racing's fun. Nice. Nice. Mark. Marcus Carabin. Yeah. All right. Um, man, this is a, this is a tough one. I'm, I'm going to go very much the opposite of, uh, of our fantastic guest here. And I'm going to say keep gears because that's, that's really what got me into, uh, into the Xbox. And when I, when I first bought my 360, it was gears, it was halo. It was those multiplayer nights with my friends. I had a great crew playing gears, especially. And, uh, and I love that series. So that one's going to be a, uh, the, the buy for me for sure. Um, I think for the same kind of reasons that Larry already said, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Forza because you can keep going back to a racing game, but you can also kind of um, 
you know, get a lot out of it. I think in a, in a half decent rental period, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to rent that. I'm going to, I'm going to take what I can from it and, uh, and enjoy the racing. Um, and then, you know, maybe rent it again down the road when I'm feeling like more racing. And then sadly I'm, I'm going to return fable, but I am excited for the new fable. So that's just the series, at least in, in with these three that I have the least amount of, uh, of experience with. So that's, that's going to be my, and I don't really have a good reason for returning fable other than the other two franchises. I'm just more of a fan of, so that's where we're at. What about you, Todd? How are you feeling with these three? Oh, this one's an easy one for me. I'm, I'm returning Forza. I do not like racing games. I have a disconnect when it comes to driving a car. I drive a car in real life. If I'm going to drive a car in a game, I want all of the accoutrement. I want force feedback. I want a wheel so it actually feels like I'm really driving. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a game with sticks, it feels like I could be driving a spaceship. So I, I just don't have a connection with driving games. It's never connected with me unless I'm like blowing things up or there's a cart involved and I do goofy stuff. Oh, well. Yes, Does it make a Larry. If you have a wheel set up, probably not. Still the same. Yeah, I, I need to feel like the pressure of a s- steering wheel. I need to feel it. And other thing in video games, I do not like the the first person viewpoint because it feels doesn't feel like I'm really looking around in a car where I have blind spots. I feel it's very um, claustrophobic. So, and then going on outside a car, then I feel like I'm in a video game, but it's supposed to be realistic. So, once again, just. It's just, and I drive, and I, yes, I will never drive those cars either. So I don't really know how they feel. And so, you know, get a game of like, I, it feel, could he feel like I'm driving a Chevette or could feel like I'm driving a Corvette? It, I just don't know. It just, I don't have the correlation with it. So it's, it's just, so I'm like, eh, I get bored with them too. I'm like, eh, okay. Um, yeah. I was just curious um, that given what you said yeah. about controls, if the, if a wheel would have made a difference, that was all. It, it might. Really I mean, I like, I like, I like going to like a Dave and Busters and getting like yeah. the cockpit of like a game like that. That's a lot yeah. of fun. But I like it for like five minutes. And I'm like, okay, I'm bored, moving on. <laughs> and there has to be something I'm blowing up or I'm chasing the Joker in the Batmobile. That's pretty much how I go. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then my uh, rent would be Gears because I'm not big into the multiplayer. It's fun. Uh, and then after I played the campaign, I would move on um, because there's like no leveling. There's nothing in Gears like that. So it's, But it's a great game. That's one of the what I would always say that was one of the premier games with Xbox that really set the 360 apart, which really made me super excited. It was kind of like where that, that box came alive. Um, but it's going to be fable. I love fantasy games. I love humor. I love action arcade. I like leveling. I like mechanics of magic and things like that. So it fits the wheelhouse for all of those things. And it's a unique game because not many games are like that where they have a active sense of humor and every game is a little bit different. They introduce different mechanics, but I love it. And I just felt like uh, the fact that we had the last game we really saw with them was a bad connect game. And then we got that field failed, like four V one game that never came out. So it really saddens me that we had a generation go by with no fable games, which is just seems like a, a big problem. So I, I love fable though. And I cannot wait to see what playground uh, games does, but I'm really excited to see those horses like, uh, do some some uh, drifting and, <laughs> and taking ramps. <laughs> it's going to be entertaining. I think that maybe where the disconnect for me was that might have been what put Fable in the return column, just because there has been such a gap with a few duds kind of placed in there, and 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 um, just yeah, I think just that kind of disconnect where 
there's been at least something in the other franchises that that have has kept me coming back to those franchises. So, um, yeah, I'm wondering if that's kind of where my brain faltered a little bit about which one I'd choose. Uh, talk to me in a year and I might have a completely different answer when the hype for the new fable game is, is kind of at a max. I hope they don't disappoint Peter Molyneux. I mean, God bless him, but that man could tell you that his game will feature a live birth of a baby. And what you get is basically a cabbage patch doll in a field and you pick it up. He hypes things up, he makes you believe, and then he gives you something that doesn't exactly fit what he was trying to deliver. But, and that's where I think he went a little straight, but that's okay. Um, I've said for you know, years that whole thing should just be called getting Molyneux. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. RIP Lionhead. It's a sad, that's an, that was back in the days when Microsoft killed off studios. Lionhead was a, a really fun studio, but oh well. Uh, you know what? Uh, thanks for your inputs. You know, next time, you know, if they make Azric. Or, you know, I think Blinks is backwards compatible and Atogi is too, maybe. You know, try them out. Something was, fun to do. I was 100% ready to go based on cover art that I was looking at. <laughs> we should have just done that, shouldn't so we? Have? Yeah. So one of these days we'll have to go on like obscure games that no one's ever played and you just have to pick it based on your gut. Just like you would in Blockbuster or somewhere back in the day when you had no sweet clue before IGN came out what games were going to be good. And you'd walk in and you'd be like, two-day rental for this piece of shit. And you'd get home and you're like, I'm stuck with this for two days. This sucks, but you'd play it. Cause what else were you going to do? Or you'd look at the back of the box and it would give you like a, like features and it's like 35 levels. Well, yeah. that's a lot of levels. That's good. Might as well. <laughs> I think that's our future like box. You have to choose the game by the box in its description. I think yeah. that's a perfect future game. Mark, we'll go with that. You know, uh, what is it? Would it be like, uh, I can't judge a game by its cover. Yes, we can. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into what we've been playing, gentlemen. Um, it's been an interesting week with, uh, you know, Extra Life, uh, with, with the, the podcast I share with Larry. We do a lot of games, very quick reviews. So I've been playing a lot of games, but I did some, uh, did some, uh, I guess, uh, trimming my games to talk about the, the big ones this week. So, Larry, let's get started with you. What games have you been playing? Uh, let's see. Dread is still on my list. And it probably will be for a long, long time. Uh, it's gotten to a point where I will pick it up and just spend time running around because it feels good. Um, it uh, games brought me so much happy. So um, I started screwing around with uh, what is the title? Grood G R R or G R O O D. Um, yeah, I know. I kind of made that face too because I had to think about that name for a second again, Todd. <laughs> But uh, I am Grood. I am Grood. I am Grood. Yeah, it's what kept coming to my brain too, and I'm like, no, it's just Grood. But it's a it's a side scroll uh, horizontal shmup, and the little bits of it that I've played are not bad, not like outstanding. I kind of dig the art style. Um, it's got like kind of that wonky almost cell shaded borderlands look but less uh detail looked like alien hominid to me yeah basically kind of, yeah <laughs> it's a go. shmup version of alien hominid i'm okay yeah. with it um like i said I, I dinked with that and that amuses me 
Downwell is back in my rotation again, which is dangerous because I can lose way too many hours to that game way too quickly. So um, I think that's most about it. No, no. I haven't gotten to play anything on it yet, game-wise. But we did just get an Oculus, and I've got one game that's on my wish list that I am really, really, really looking forward to when payday rolls around. Nice. Well, Larry, if you need recommendations, I've got a bunch in my library. Uh, It's a great system. And once again, if you can do either the virtual desktop or the link wirelessly to your PC, it just opens up everything. And I still need to get back to Half-Life Alex. But when you got bad shoulders doing like this for a half hour, right it's 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 buyer beware <laughs> and my wife payday, will be mad if i complain payday rolls around i'm picking up super hot vr because i love Ooh. super hot and i have not gotten to play super hot vr to get the other half of the story uh larry i'll give you a, a hot tip when it comes to vr games humble bundle they have vr bundles very cheap Ooh. Yes, definitely check it out. I might have a, a couple of games I could probably gift you that I have that I'm just Aww. not going to get around to play. So, uh, yeah, yeah, Thank enjoy. You. Well, you're in for a, for a hot, good time is all I will say. <laughs> Sweaty time is probably the best one, but. So. Well, very good, my friend. Very good. I can't wait to hear what you think about VR and maybe you can talk about that. If I give it to you, cheers for free. You could talk about uh, on the podcast. Uh-huh. So there you go. Uh, so, Mark, you and I have played two of the same games, but then two games that are not one of those. Yeah, two of those are not the same at the very end. So, yep. there we go. Um, I also, I, I contemplated getting an Oculus Quest 2. And uh, instead, so I, I had a little inside baseball. I had a ton of trouble streaming the other day for, for extra life. Um, I finally got it working through Lightstream. If anyone's looking for an easy way to stream from an Xbox series console or a PlayStation five, check that out. It's a, it's a subscription, like a monthly subscription kind hmm. of thing. Um, but you basically, as long as you can set up the Twitch app on your console, that sends it to the browser um, for Lightstream and, and Lightstream takes care of everything else. So your, your webcam and everything and all the scenes are still set up through the browser on your computer. But basically, mm. as long as your computer can run a browser, like right now I'm, I'm using a, a laptop from 2013 and, uh, and it ran it well during extra life. I just couldn't do anything on the switch side of things. So that killed the plans that my wife and I had. And we spent way too long trying to figure it out with my old, like Elgato setup and all that kind of stuff. So long story short, instead of getting an Oculus quest, I just ordered a new laptop and bought an Elgato HD 60 S plus. So my streaming setup is going to be awesome. And I think we're going to get back into streaming Hopefully by the next episode of co-op mode, we'll have a little bit down, but my wife and I are making some plans. We want to get back into it because we did a few years ago and it was fun. And now we're going to have a new setup to, uh, to get all that going. I thought the laptop was going to be here this week. It was supposed to be here Wednesday. That's what the delivery date was saying. Um, and today the delivery date changed to, we'll get to it when we get to it kind of thing. And it's somewhere, outside of Hong Kong that I, I don't, I don't know. GPS. I, they didn't tag it, Mark, and show you that it's in the, it, it's probably in a container 
yeah. in the Bering Straits. Yeah. And good luck with that. I have no nope. idea. I have no idea. It's where Jimmy Hoffa is, yeah. if you know who Jimmy Hoffa is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that no, it no. still shows up this Jimmy's week. Jimmy's buried on the 50. There. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really hoping that it shows up this week, even if it's not Wednesday. As long as, like, if I can get to record Holocron Chronicles next week with it, I'll be very happy. And, very uh, cool. And start a streaming plan. But um, the Elgato's, like, sitting behind me, and it's driving me nuts that I can't do anything with it. Um but anyway, that's the reason I don't have an Oculus. But uh, to what I have been playing, I'll eventually get one of those beautiful uh, VR sets. Um, let's start off with uh, Forza, Forza Horizon 5 uh, because I I just started this. I put a few hours into it. I am nowhere near um, a deep dive into this game, so this is going to be early impressions. But it's it's basically just more forza horizon really um i i liked forza horizon 4 but i found i don't know the english countryside didn't grab me as much as something a little bit more vibrant and uh and and fun as the setting for for this one so i'm really liking this so far i've been playing some races driving around unlocking some new vehicles and one thing i focused on for like way too long the other day was just going around and hitting those XP billboards and the fast travel billboards and, and all those little things on the map. So I'm a hundred percent going like Ubisoft mode with this game of like, Ooh, there's something on the map. Ooh, there's something on the map. Oh, I'm really close to this thing on the map. And it's just like, I spent an hour, my wife sitting next to me playing the switch and she's just like, so what do you, is this a racing game? And I was like, yeah, yeah, kind of, but I'm just kind of like assassins creeding my way across the map right now, picking up, all these li- and I opened the map and I was like, "See, it's huge!" And all of these things I can go after. She's like, "Oh, I'll see you tomorrow." And <laughs> so it's it is a beautiful game. It runs super well. Uh, Sean Nias texted me last night. I guess uh, I guess his daughter was was chasing my uh, what do they call them? Drivatars. Drivatars. Yeah. Uh, she thought it was really me, and we were trying to figure out if it could have been really me because when he texted me. I had been playing at the same time. So he was like, she was just playing. Are you playing? I was like, I, I literally just shut it off and, uh, and, and picked up my phone and, and saw your text. So I was like that it's weird. But like when, when we kind of discussed what we were doing, I was like, I don't recall seeing that car kind of like chasing me. And he was like, I don't know if she, she, yeah. So it, we were trying to figure out if it was like somehow linking us up or we they you know drop us into the same server or something like that but i i think that game's kind of like asynchronous and it just drops your gamer tag it is on something right Abs- absolutely yeah i saw phasma when i was driving by so i'm like oh interesting yeah. okay yeah <laughs> i um and i i knew that that's how it was when you were racing but i wasn't sure how it was in your in the open world because uh, it's i think it's anywhere you're in the open world i think they can just come across your path and which is fun yeah but the drive tires are primarily to see are you beating someone in their time? And, right. and so, yeah, you can so race. I, against them, I, which did, is nice. um, I did a race with, there were a few people that I knew, but Sean Capri was in first for a while. And at the end I passed him and crossed the finish line. And I, I may or may not have screamed, uh, sh- suck it, Sean Capri. And out loud. <laughs> in my house. And uh, again, to my wife's like glare of what is wrong with you? And, 
she was like, is he actually playing? Like, are you talking to him? To him? And I was like, no, I'm not even, I don't even have my headset on. And it's just like a ghost with Sean Capri's name. But um, yeah, there we go. I, I hold no ill will to Sean Capri. He's a lovely human being. Um, but when we're racing against each other, suck it. Uh, so that's, <laughs> that's Forza Horizon 5 for me. Todd, what have you been thinking about this game? It feels like more Forza Horizon. Um, I know everybody's saying, like, this is the greatest thing in the world, the game of the year. I'm like, it's more it's more Forza. And I, I think people are just so in love with the game as it is, they want it to be appreciated, and I totally get it. Um, but to your point, it is Far Cry 6, the driving simulator. Um, there is, and, and for someone who doesn't play a lot of these games, I'm like, I don't know what the hell to do. And then I get started getting points for things, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And then I selected my voice and my character, but for some reason, I picked the female voice for Todd. So it looks like me. I'm wearing jean shorts, but I sound like a British woman. So I'm like, how do I even change it? I'm like, and I loaded my character. I'm like, I don't know where it is. You can't change it. It's it's in the setting somewhere. But I was going through. Well, it's it's in the character yeah. customization stuff. You can buy new shirts. And, and I was customizing yeah. my guy uh, last night as well. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a little weird. Yeah. So. And I've said driving games, this is a driving, not really a racing game because you're just going and driving. You can take it as serious as you want. I mean, at one point I got a fork, uh, a tractor trailer and you've got to drive this old Volkswagen to do it. And I decided then take the tractor trailer over a ramp and I jumped it. Like, that's not how it works. I drove a tractor trailer when I was in the Air Force for an event. It doesn't do that folks it doesn't so it's just weird and then another thing that's true and then i go through like a guardrail uh when i'm driving a a a corvette which is hilarious because like corvette shouldn't drive like off-road that's just a bad idea it's a lot of it's very expensive but then i try to run through the cactus and i i can't drive through the cactus like what is this (laughs) are these the strongest cactuses in the world i don't know but the game is it is weird it's like fire festival the driving the game they drop cars out of like, you know, 747s. You come down, and you're like, hey, we got a Bronco. We got a, we got a Corvette. We've got a RX-7, I think it was. And there was something else. And I got a Doom buggy. So, yeah, I mean, and it's like car porn because you open up and you look at every part of the car. And it's beautiful. Um, and I'm playing on a Series S. So it asks you, like, do you want to do performance mode or visuals? I'm not really – in driving games, you're supposed to do it performance right Mm -hmm. but apparently the defaults visual so i'm like yeah maybe that's what they want you to do but i don't know what i get with the series s if i'm like 30 am i 30 to do this 1084 i don't know i'm not sure where it drops it down on the the s that's that that'd be interesting to do a comparison i'm sure there's some youtube comparisons or something like that some breakdown the 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 pixel count and that kind of thing but uh yeah yeah i was surprised when it, it defaulted to um looks mode rather than performance that was that was an interesting yeah. choice yeah it's also, it's it's a, it's a, oh go ahead larry i was just gonna say on the subject of your cactuses what you didn't know is those aren't cactuses those are just like painted cement bollards <laughs> makes sense <laughs> cactuses are worth a lot of money people use those steal those and yeah they probably just put some and painted them perfect time i heard they got but, a bulk order deal on those from like acme I think so. Yeah, it's like that. It's like the somebody draws a tunnel and a rock. Yeah, it's, yeah. Do you not want that to happen with it? Animal Crossing was the only game where shifty animals sold you some weird stuff. Uh, uh, <laughs> that weird red raccoons, uh, or uh, was it red fox? That's from uh, from Animal Crossing. Right? He's he's yeah. selling the Forza guys some cactuses. 
Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know how much more I'll play of this. Um, apparently, some of the modes are pretty cool. Like, there's a battle royale mode. There's a creative mode where you can do whatever you want with, like, it, almost like a wipeout model mode, like that game Wipeout with cars, which it's very, very intuitive. So I'm glad this game is out there because this game is going to bring a lot of people to the yard when it comes to, like, driving and racing because it's not – it can be as technical as you want, apparently. Like, you can remove, like, the the – the, the drive path you can remove that you can get into big into tuning or from what i understand for kids you can like make it slower you can do more things to actually make it easier so i think that's cool because some of these games are very intimidating like you the in, the intent is like drive 200 miles an hour and never break that's my style i'm like leroy jenkins driving a car that doesn't work, folks, because you then try to go around a corner and you're like, why am I spinning out at 35 miles an hour? I don't know. I've never yeah. drove a Corvette before. So Lamborghini yeah. Jenkins. <laughs> exactly. And Sean Nias, to your point, is probably yelling at me. He's like, Todd's a moron. He doesn't know anything about cars. And you're absolutely right. That is the um, weird part about this game because it it like presents itself as a Riders Republic like no holds barred. This is extreme, just full arcadey like shenanigans on one hand, but then it gets very technical on the other hand that it's almost like a Gran Turismo kind of simulator. Yeah. So it's when, when you go into a race and everything's like, yeah, explosions. And there's a, like someone zip lining out of a plane and then using a wingsuit. It's like, Oh, okay, cool. This is going to be an arcade racing game. And I can just pedal to the metal, go 200 kilometers an hour and whip around turns and hopefully avoid the banana. I dropped a kilometers in there. I know what you're going to say, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> is that like two miles per hour, Mark? I don't know. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> um, but that's, that's the thing is like, you see that stuff in the game and you want to just go balls to the walls, like pedal to the metal, but then you literally and figuratively like hit a brick wall. And it's like, no, nah, that's not how to play this. Like this is more simmy than arcadey, but it's also super arcadey. So it is a very confusing game and you have to really be tuned in to what it is and accept it for what it is or else I think it's probably going to piss off both camps of like, I really want an arcade racer or I really want a sim racer. And it's, it's a weird middle ground. And I think you have to be like all in to really enjoy it. I hope somebody makes a burnout mode where it's just that, that crash mode, which is my favorite thing ever in racing games. Um, that is everybody's favorite thing. <laughs> and yet EA will not allow criterion to make that game. So who knows? That's so who knows? dumb. It is. It is. Well, you know what? It, regardless, folks, try it. It's on Game Pass. It's 103 gigabytes. So <laughs> get some hard drive space because I had to do hard drive Tetris to figure this out, move stuff around. Uh, yeah, that Series S has a small hard drive. I may have to upgrade to an X just to even make it reasonable because it's, it's, it's what is a it's 150 bucks just for a, a 500 gigabyte a card so i'm like what am i doing folks it's dumb yeah getting a getting a series s was great for an extra console but for extra things it just get a series x mm. that's all i'll say oh well um yeah mark and then we've been playing some guardians of the galaxy you're playing it on what uh playing this on my series x as well i, I was not okay. gonna mess with the uh, what's it called the 
cloud version stream the yeah <laughs> yeah like stadia the streaming the uh yeah that's the switch uh, streaming version yeah yeah so uh so series x it plays super well everything looks great and plays great and uh i honestly was not sold on this i think i've said this on the show a few times not 100 percent sold on this game going in just after Avengers was what it was. And I still enjoy Avengers. I, I'll still drop in and just kind of see what's going on every once in a while. It's still installed. So I don't know why I was hesitant with this game, but I just, I was, uh, and then heard nothing but great things. So I just decided like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pick this up. So, um, I really like that they're going with something different. I like that right away they made star Lord, uh, not based on a letter from his mom, but they made him based on like an eighties hair, rock band and they actually produced an album from a band called star Lord that you can download on Spotify and Apple music and whatever. And it rocks. It is just stupidly fantastic. I love it. Um, and they're the developers, Mark. They're a house band yeah. of the developers, yeah. which is it's, great. It's wow. Um, so, so go download that. It's, it's great. And, uh, and you start off and you're reading the actual, like, tape insert sleeve and stuff and it's just it's so wacky uh but i I love that they're doing that they're going in a very different direction than the the comics and the movies there's a little bit of both in there there's a little influence from obviously from the movie uh with the team lineup and and some Mm -hmm. of the characterization um and it's funny i was playing lego marvel the first one and rocket's british in that uh, because, and he was British in one of the old cartoons, I think too. Uh, and like, I think the original cockney, comic book he was, yeah. yeah. Like a cockney accent. Yeah. So like this rocket being like, you know, an American sounding kind of thing, um, you know, kind of fit into, I think what most people now expect after Bradley Cooper. Uh, and it's, yeah. So, but it, I, I'm loving this so far. It's, uh, it's got a lot of like, choices and uh personalization that you can kind of make the story go how you want to and i don't know how much that actually affects stuff because i'm still fairly early in uh and yeah i it's it's great man i i'm I'm really enjoying it how are you feeling i'm absolutely adoring this game um, this is by Idos Montreal, so this is owned by Square Enix. It's another Square Enix team. People were nervous about this game, but they made it essentially a standard, uh, linear superhero uh, game, third-person action. But I would call this a leadership simulator. Yeah, you are the leader of this team, and you are directing your team on what to do. You bring them in. You bring up a command prompt. L one brings up then. Uh, the characters you can select, so Rocket, Groot, Drax, um, Gamora, and then you choose their attack, and then you can upgrade their their path so they have more attacks, and it's it's great. I love it, and it's a unique take on it because Star Lord is not the most powerful. There are more powerful people on the team, but he is a complementary person. His powers, his blasters, and as you get through the game, you get more powerful. Um, you do upgrade, you do, and it's great because um, there's one power. Mark, have you done a huddle yet? Yes. Okay. Huddle is one of the coolest things I've ever so seen great. before. It's a, it's an action, and Larry, I'm not sure if you've seen this before, but it's an action yeah. you take where you bring your team together, just like in a sport, you bring them together in the huddle, you try to build them up. Like they're, depending on the mood and how you're doing the battle, they'll say, oh, you know, I can't believe he did that, kind of the, the tension of the group. And how you choose then how you want to address them. Like, do you want to 
be kind of a little bit silly and goofy and bring them up? Or do you want to be more of a true coach? I don't know. I've made great decisions every time because it's like, we don't know what you just said. And then they leave. But if you do it right, it powers everybody up a little bit, which is a cool mechanic. Mm -hmm. And the music that plays in the background through all of the game is a love letter to the eighties, new songs. It plays in, in, in the, um, the Milano, uh, it plays in different areas of the game. The flashbacks to your relationship with your mother is fantastic. You explore your house. It's high on the 80s. Mm-hmm. Some things are not real, but you have a Chewbacca figure, which yeah. is great. And because they're on my Disney, so it works out pretty well to do that. So it's very it's very fun, but you find out Star-Lord was a band he loved. So that was what influenced him. He has it on his back of his jacket. And it just... And and there are parts in the game where it feels overly talky at the beginning. You don't do a lot of shooting. That changes. You do. It's a more of a better balance between that. But the characters are always interacting with you. They're not waiting to talk to you. They're talking to you. Mm-hmm. Dialogue's good. Um, and I'm really enjoying this game a lot. This is like this feels like my Phoenix game, Mark, from last year. Yep. Just the surprise. It's the game. I'm putting every other game on hold to keep playing mm-hmm. so um and and i love the, the and, and like you said mark it's not the one from the, the the movie but the visual style is more akin to the comics and so i would say they're more like that and i really like their take on drax because drax is a little more complex rocket is rocket and this star lord's a little bit convoluted you kind of think he's kind of a jerk but you see where he's coming from and they do a good job bringing him around uh gamora's a little bit different they reference her dad, obviously. And then, um, yeah, I, I, I'm really enjoying the game. So I'm, I think I'm about, I'm like an act eight. Um, I'm not sure how many acts there are, but I've heard this game can get up to 20 hours long. So it's a substantial experience. It's definitely uh, meaty. Yeah. I've, oh, yeah. I've been enjoying just watching you rave about that, rave about this for the last week on Twitter. It's 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 fun and it looks beautiful on PS5. Mark, you said it looks great on Series X. Mm-hmm. Um, some people said there were some performance issues. I think those might have been solved because I haven't experienced any. Not but me. people that played early, so they said so. I mean, it's a great game. So this is a great redemption for Square Enix, considering mm-hmm. there's been some contentious things with the Avengers and, and the way they poise that game and the where it's coming out. And and I'm glad this gets. Um, redemption saga and i'm excited to see what marvel does next with their properties because we're getting that uh, midnight suns game mm-hmm. i'm hearing there's some other games potentially getting made that could be really cool so i like the fact that they're doing the star wars approach with marvel games now where they just find the best developer they don't get stuck with one and then have to hopefully shoehorn it to a developer so i'm excited to see where they go next absolutely does anybody besides me find it weird that like superhero movie tie-in games really dropped off and disappeared for like a whole decade? Mm-hmm. Yes, and two of like, the best yeah. ones are—I was going to say two of the best ones are trapped on because of licensing rights, and we'll talk about yeah. this in the Xbox era. But the Captain America game and then yeah. the Wolverine game—you can't play those now, and those are good yeah. games. Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre to me because for the last, you know, 10 plus years, we've, you know, we as a culture have been losing our collective minds over the MCU and there was like no games to go with any of that. No. Early on, there's like Captain Shang-Chi America would have made and, a great uh, game. Yeah. Yeah. That but Sifu like, game. We, yeah. It was when, when the first, like the MCU first started, we were getting a couple, um, but I found they were more like DS games 
and you know it, it maybe a little easier to produce kind of a side scrolling action game or something like that than it would be a full kind of 3d movie tie-in that has to be rushed out and that kind of thing and like i remember getting i think captain america and thor at least uh video games the hulk they were, had one too they're okay yeah. oh yeah oh the hulk had the hulk ultimate destruction which was a great game yeah. and i think that was before the mcu which then we didn't really get a hulk game and then we got uh the captain america game mark i don't know if you were played it on like the 360 or the ps3 it was really fantastic the mechanics the way it played off of it was really well done and then we had that wolverine game by raven uh, who doesn't even make games anymore? They made their support studio. I mean, we had Wolverine really doing cool stuff, and you—if you take damage, you your skeleton was revealed. But yeah, those are the exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I will say though, their own weird, like different takes now rather than movie tie-ins. Yeah, if you own a Wii, do yourself a favor and play Batman: The Brave and the Bold, one of the best video game. Uh, uh, hero games of all time that needs that game needs to come out to modern consoles because it's beautiful and wonderful. Oh well, um, yeah. So, Mark, you've been playing. I've heard this game is like a pedometer, yeah, simulator. It's, uh, it's basically just a, a fancy pedometer, really. It's uh, Pikmin Bloom, so I don't know if playing is the right word, but I've been uh, I've been walking around with my Pikmin uh, on my phone. So for anyone that hasn't seen this, it's by uh, Niantic, the same developer that did Pokemon Go. Um, And essentially, yeah, you just kind of like plant Pikmin and the more you walk, the more uh, they they grow. And then you pluck them and you have your little Pikmin squad following you around. You can send them on expeditions to pick up more seeds or fruit or gifts or different things like that. And uh, basically you, you kind of plant flowers as you walk, which is, uh, which is kind of neat. And you can kind of see a big map. So like all around my block where I usually walk, there's, there's flowers planted. There's a ton around my house cause I forget to turn it off and it just keeps planting flowers around my house. So, uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, like there's no real like point to the game as far as like there was with Pokemon go, like, you know, you want it to go out and find the, where these Pokemon are hiding. It's not like to find the yellow Pikmin, you have to go out and find one in the real world. You just like find a seed and you can do that. Like I could literally send my Pikmin on an expedition to pick up a purple seedling or a red seedling right now from where I am. So I don't have to go chase them like you did in Pokemon go. So yeah, this is really just kind of a fun new pedometer and it keeps track of your steps and you don't have to have the game running. It, it knows from your phone or your watch or whatever you're wearing. It has the same kind of adventure sync that uh, Pokemon go eventually had, um, and you, you, you do level up, you, you get new abilities to go after like mushrooms and that kind of thing. And you harvest stuff from the mushrooms as you go on and you can send more Pikmin out on expeditions and have more on your team and that kind of stuff. So there is some like light gamification to this, but, um, realistically, yeah, it's, it's not like so much of a game as it is kind of like, if you want a little extra for your pedometer app. It's, it's cute though. I keep going, going back to it like a couple of times a day and I'll just send my Pikmin out on expeditions and it can take anywhere from like a minute to an hour and some, and they just come back with goodies and I see what they, they brought me. It's, it's cute. So is this really 
Pikmin 4. Oh, By Miyamoto. Really <laughs> no, game. Pikmin 4 was canceled. You just got Pikmin 5. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> this game, weirdly enough, did actually make me download the demo for Pikmin 3 on Switch because I haven't ah, played okay. that game since the Wii U. And uh, I'm really strongly consider, like considering getting it again and double dipping on the Switch because I've been enjoying it and just I'm kind of like back in that Pikmin mood. So... They got me. You get the pedometer and then buy the game, like hundred percent hook line and stinker. Like Isn't that what they said that was their their strategy was with mobile, right? Yeah. To pe- push people back to their platforms. Mm-hmm. And if this works funnel. Yeah. I mean if it works, it works. I mean, let's be honest. Pick Pokemon Go is such an like lightning does not strike twice. Harry Potter struggled with it. It just Harry seems Potter like it takes out. I know, yeah, and it takes mm-hmm. yeah to expect anything else to duplicate that is kind of a fool's errand. So mm-hmm. Nintendo just playing and doing some experimentation to get people to get them back to their moneymaker, which is Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, get forty bucks out of people to play a game like that versus you know maybe they try this mobile app and maybe they spend a buck. I think it's a it's I'm a done, smart way. Like, I I haven't done the DLC in this game, but like I said, I'm considering getting Pikmin three on Switch. So like. I looked at that funnel and jumped in it like it was a water slide. Like, that's it. Job done, Nintendo. (laughs) Good job. Exactly. So download. Exactly. It's got like a direct link to buy the game off the eShop right on the app, probably. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I think the last game we're going to talk about is a game that I played, did not get to talk about on uh, the other podcast, and that is The Texorcist. This is a game I did play for Extra Life. Chris, uh, John from One Hour, One Decision mocked me, put a clip of me not knowing how to stream correctly with my apps. It was me with the music too loud. It looked, he thought I was a DJ because the music was going on. I'm talking to nobody, trying to play the game. And it's also like doing my video, but it was like this weird like, uh, like it, it, let's put people are on like MDMA or whatever and like tripping out to my video uh, of this game. So, but don't let that tinge your view of this game because this game is a lot of fun. It's called The Texorcist, and it's hilarious because it's a typing game. Like, it's actually like typing words out to do attacks. You're an exorcist, a, a priest. You are hired to basically exorcise people, these demons. And Mark, the level of difficulty in this game is crazy because I don't know how you are as a text typer, but I'm not good. I actually have to look at the keyboard when I type because oh, no. I got to see what I'm doing. So you have to move with the keyboard and type with the keyboard. Just imagine that, like moving with the arrow keys and then pausing to type like your text. And you're doing like Bible incantations, not incantations because it sounds like you do, like Bible verses, like, you know, uh, the power of Christ compels you, those type of things as you're taking on these demons that are spewing like acid and stuff and taunting you. But it has a banging soundtrack. Like it's like, you know, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not very talented when it comes to the music and the beatboxing, but it, it feels like it's a dance music. Yeah, exactly. Edward Varnell, please uh, beatbox or do some dance music for us. But it's absolutely a fun game. Good writing, a lot of fun. It's just tongue in cheek humor, but typing mechanics to kill people. It's like typing of the dead or, or we had another game that I played too. That was very similar, but a, a blast. And it's like five bucks and it's, a, it's a, even on switch mark. Get this. 
You can play it on Switch, I believe, but you have to plug in a keyboard to the Switch. I didn't even know you could plug in a keyboard to Switch. You can, and it's so ridiculous that you would even think to do that for a game. Interesting. I would think you could just use the touch screen, but I mean, I guess the touch screen would like take up like half of the screen, though. So that's probably not a good idea either. So. Hmm. All right. I think it'd be perfect, though, for like a mobile game, because Mm -hmm. you could probably get a keyboard with a little bit of a just even a just a movement pad Mm -hmm. could work or you even touch where the guy goes. But um, it's it's a fun game. I really enjoy it. So it's called the Texture Assist. uh, And that's it. That's the games we've been playing. Fantastic. You know, in my day, we had mobile phones with keyboards. <laughs> That's true. It was the T-Mobile click as what I had for my Android. And then we had what, well, the sidekick? There, yeah, there was the sidekick. Uh, I, I had a couple Blackberry. of the, the Motorola. Um, oh, God. I don't remember what it was. It was an old Motorola, though, that had the slide-out keyboard. Yep. For, uh, they were for smart, like old had... original smartphone. I said, yeah, Blackberries for work. That was about my extent, uh, my my extent of uh, of phones with keyboards on them. That's it. So we're now talking about the news, and this week it's one story. It's the Xbox 20th anniversary. So, Mark, we watched the celebration on YouTube today, or whatever you wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. Tell us all about it. Yeah. So uh, today marks 20 years since the original Xbox launched. Uh, this is just just wild to think that that was uh, was twenty years ago. Um, I don't know when you guys jumped in on the Xbox bandwagon. I was three sixty. My friends had an original Xbox, so I did get some uh, some fun Halo multiplayer and some different things with them, and and uh, strongly considered getting an original Xbox. And then heard rumblings of the 360 and decided to kind of hold back and wait and uh, and jumped into that one, but. Uh, this was uh, this was a fun little recap of a little bit of like nostalgia and some of the stuff that's coming up and uh, and wow Larry still has the original he just held it up for anyone not watching the video version uh, the original brick Xbox that's uh, that's fantastic uh, did you get that right at launch Larry uh, that one was actually passed to me by a friend uh, about a year and a half two years ago okay he was cleaning out his closet and he's like hey I found this do you still have one? And if not, do you want one? I was like, yeah, sure. I hadn't had one in a while. So I figured it was a great opportunity because I had a handful of uh, original Xbox games that I quite loved that I hadn't gotten to actually play in ages. That's awesome. My personal, I, one of my personal favorites though. Oh, Advent Rising, which good news, Larry. It's now backwards compatible. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will. Tallarico. Oh my goodness, Tommy Tellerico, yes, is uh, our our favorite, one of our favorite Canadian composers. Gotta love him. Um, yeah, my I got my Xbox in. I, it released when I was in Korea in the Air Force. Launched there. I always wanted one. When I was deployed in Saudi Arabia, uh, one of the best memories I had was I'm a huge Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Xbox had an original uh, exclusive Buffy the Vampire Slayer game, mm-hmm. and one of my friends, she was stationed there too, huge fan, owned an Xbox, brought it with her to Saudi Arabia, and she loaned me the Xbox so I could play Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow. I'm like, what? This is so fantastic because I'm in damn Saudi Arabia, and I have really, I brought a laptop that was really bad gaming. I tried to play Grand Theft Auto on this laptop. Think about a bad experience, Mark. There were no GPUs and laptops back in 2001. So try to imagine playing GTA 3 on a gaming laptop. 
it didn't work very well. Yeah. But lo- end of story. But yeah, I love the, the original Xbox, the boot up, the hard drive. I modded mine so I could do a lot of weird, crazy weird stuff on it. Enough said there. But Mark, it's been 20 years. Mm-hmm. Xbox celebrated. They did. And uh, so we'll, we can just kind of run through this quickly. But uh, some of the things they, they announced, uh, one of the things I think is, is going to be really cool. So it's a six-part documentary on the history of Xbox. That's coming out really soon. It's launching in December. And we often talk about, especially on this show, how much we wish we could learn some behind the scenes or see how this game or this console or this thing came to be because you know there's a whole history of development there and and we've seen some things um you know some of these documentaries starting to come up of like the history of nintendo versus sega or uh the history of this game or that game or whatever but it's it's really cool to see this being promoted by the first party itself you you don't really see like console wars being promoted by nintendo uh, this is Xbox saying like, you know what? We've had a messy history. And even in the preview, they mentioned Red Ring of Death. They mentioned the console not turning on for a demo. They mentioned like the tough development and like the team kind of being this ragtag group being like, knock, knock, knock. Hey, give us money, please, Microsoft, even though you, like we're unproven and we're asking you to take money away from like office and give it to us instead. Like what? like they're, they're openly admitting that they've made mistakes along the way and it's not been like happy go lucky. And I am all here for this. Like, I can't wait for this documentary. Um, so before we move on with what else, how are you guys feeling about that? Like as a, even just as a tonal shift for like first party developers. I tweeted I out. Oh, oh, good. Go go I, I, Oh, <laughs> no you no you no you it's it's all good allow myself to introduce myself uh larry go ahead i thought it was interesting i mean for me i'd heard some of the owning it uh a while ago on another show that actually did a uh, a very well done deep dive on the on the red ring of death debacle um it was really neat to kind of hear some people that worked there on the on the business and the corporate and the PR side of things mm. during that whole era. Um, so it didn't feel totally out of left field for me, but it was kind of neat to see, you know, them really kind of spotlight some of what happened on a bigger stage mm-hmm. than just, uh, you know, somebody's podcast. I mean, granted that dude does a great show too. I, love documentaries or pseudo documentaries about the history of gaming. Uh, I was talking to you guys about G4 is launching tomorrow and one of their series was called icons. They talked a little bit about it, it was like a half hour long. This is six parts. So you don't go six parts. If you're not going to get deep in the weeds, mm-hmm. they have some celebrities, they have some talking heads, but they have the people that were there and they talked about all the people and they even called out Steve Ballmer, who is a CEO of Microsoft and kind of made him look like he was a penny pincher weirdo, which he yeah. kind of is. Um, but I mean, I like this and I, I think it's awesome. And, and, and I tweeted out about Xbox today and I said, you know what? Xbox is the best marker of video games in all of games. If, if, if Nintendo would celebrate itself like their fans want them to, and if Sony could actually relax and have fun once in a while 
they could all take points from Xbox. So this is part of, once again, going deep. Their fan wants to know so much about the company itself, the company that they love. I love this. So bring it on. Absolutely, yeah. This is uh, this is really exciting. Uh, another very exciting thing, looking back, the history of Xbox is 76 new games added to backwards compa- compatibility. Uh, these include, I don't know, some highlights for me. Uh, for sure, I, I can't go without saying the Star Wars games, but also Time Splitters 2, Time Splitters Future Perfect. Just stick a fork in me i'm done like that's amazing I, I, the sad thing is i'm going to buy these games again because i own them for gamecube i still have a functioning gamecube the games are upstairs i could get an adapter and play these games through an hdmi adapter or whatever you need to hook up a gamecube to a modern tv but i'm gonna double dip i think like combine these games might be 25 30 bucks or something like that like they're pretty cheap i checked them on sale today and uh if you haven't played those games, check them out. Um, but like I said, there's some Star Wars games. So there's Starfighter Special Edition, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, uh, the Clone Wars game, Jedi Knight 2, uh, Jedi Outcast. Uh, there's like some Disney games thrown in there too, like uh, Toy Story Mania. Uh, there's a Vivan Pinata, the Max Payne series, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Um what am I messing here, guys? What? Uh, what oh, the Fear here? Saga, Mark. Yeah. The Fear games uh, yeah, yeah. were some of my favorite, like paranormal shooter games with a weird girl. Love those games so much. They're here. Uh, the biggest part, though, to your point, Mark, it's like a lot of these games. Just back being backwards compatible is not enough. It's making them digitally available to buy mm-hmm. is the extra step. Because where are you going to find these Xbox original discs that are going to be affordable? Because you can't. They're like thirty or forty bucks. And by the way if you can even put them in your drive and they're even readable because they half of them aren't, uh, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. So putting them on the store is a big part and a togi mark, you get to play both of them, Mark. So now you have to play a togi. I'll add it to my cart after I'm done. with. Please do. Uh, there, and I was surprised with the, the license games, like 50 cent blood Mm -hmm. in the sand. Um, We've got like Avatar The Last Airbender, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, Adventure Time. Um, like I said, some of the Toy Story, uh, the, like the Disney games, Lego, like Lord of the Rings. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these like weird. SpongeBob. Sponge, yeah, like licensed games that like we just talked about how some of these games that are licensed and, and who knows who owns the license now are like trapped on old consoles and stuff. So like them being added here is to me, that's kind of a big deal. Like you could see something like Ridge racer and be like, that's probably not hard to get, but like, I don't know. So, some of the other ones, I think it's like, Oh man, that's, that's, that's really neat that these are there. And, and like each one of these games has a special place to someone I'm sure. And I'm so excited for someone to have the same level as hype, uh, that that I have over seeing the time splitters games here. Like I, I, I love it. It's, it's so great. And like 70, Larry, you're getting, games. Oh man. 
And Larry's getting Advent Horizon. He put that out. Uh, Advent Rising, sorry, which is a game I love too, which was a weird game. He had a contest for a million dollars, and apparently they reneged on their $1 million contest winner. <laughs> they did <didn't laughs> renege on it. I remember what happened. Oh. I played okay. that, actually. I did too. Uh, I did it. Yeah. No, they, they ran into uh, like technical issues. Like There were things that weren't performing correctly with the uh, contest stuff. And so and what they did is they're like, okay, so we can't get this to work right. That's our bad. So everybody that played, pick like, you know, two of our $50 games. We'll send them to you. Yeah, it was a weird contest, Mark. I think you had to like show proof that you got to this level by a certain date and you would win. And yeah, it was a fun game. I, I really like I really like the game. I don't know if it holds up still, but it was a very cool premise. And the way the game ended, it's like I wanted to play more. And yeah. Yeah, it's never there to be supposed to be more. And the studio yeah. went away and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of sounds like uh, translators that, that like just there needs to be a new new game. So I'm hoping, you know, and, and maybe these games being backwards compatible, like they can have the proof now that this many people have played this game backwards compatibility, whether they bought it from the store, brought out their old disc, whatever it is they'll have that data that they can bring to publishers or whatever, or whoever holds these rights now and say like, look, we've got 6 million people playing flaming monkey tag on time splitters, future perfect. Let's make a new one. Uh, you know, like th there's that kind of uh, hope I think for any one of these 76 titles to be like, Hey, this is, this is kind of seeing a resurgence. This is great. So, uh, if you have a game that, that you want that, you know, start, start kind of manifesting that start getting a crew together and, and playing that or streaming it or whatever, and like, get some, get some hype around it. Cause you really never know what's going to happen with this data, but you can be damn sure someone's going to be looking at it. So, um, it, that, that's another exciting part rather than just like playing these games in general. Like that, that's the part that excites me. The bad news, Mark, though, this is the end of backwards compatible. They, they announced this. They basically said it's difficult to get the rest of the games we want because of technical issues, but also rights are very sketchy and just the costs of getting some of these things back. So uh, I think we're happy we've got here. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a shame, though. Xbox, the original Xbox has about 500, 600 games but only about 30 of them are backwards compatible, which is just a shame because, but it kind of denotes and the same thing with the 360 library. Um, I think we've got about a thousand games or something. It's a, it's a good representation. It's the major games we want to play, but it's the odd ones that you just can't get, but that's okay. Uh, going forward There's though. A, I was going to say of, uh, 360 arcade games that never made yeah. it as backwards compatible that I'm rather furious about. Mm. Like I had yeah. a huge live arcade collection and you know, we're, we're talking ones that weren't like small releases for live arcade either. Like stuff like the dishwasher. I can't play on my mm. Xbox one. The dishwasher was amazing. Do oh, more yeah, of that. That was, that was one of the original like uh, Xbox indies that, mm -hmm. that came out for it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be hard uh, as of right now, but you've got to admire what Xbox did with backwards compatibility and they pioneered it. Uh, and hopefully everybody learns from it. And I hope going forward, we don't have this issue going forward. You know, PS4, Xbox one going forward, everything should be backwards compatible. Now when Nintendo says we're making a new cart that is this small, 
that will not fit in our new switch so your old carts don't work in it you can get angry and they gotta get an adapter that goes on that goes like this and somebody makes it uh, and we can all we can all uh riot so mark anything else uh that we really need to focus on not really. I mean, we got uh, some more games, 37 more uh, backwards compatible games with FPS boost. Uh, we won't go in on that, but we got uh, a, a teaser for the Halo live action TV series. It's going to be on Paramount Plus. So I don't know how many people subscribe. Where is that? Service, in, but uh, where is that in Canada, Mark? Uh, what is Paramount Plus in Canada? I think is that you a can thing? Actually, get Paramount Plus in Canada. Oh, good, good. Because I looked it up after this, and it, when I searched Paramount Plus Canada, it just came up with the Paramount Plus website. So I think I can subscribe to this, and uh, I, I definitely will be when this Halo show uh, walks around. So um, very, very quick kind of tease. We didn't see too much, but. Uh, you know, Master Chief's uh, presumably Master Chief's back and uh, putting on some armor and putting on the helmet and that kind of stuff. And it's uh, shoot, I forgot the guy's name. It's uh, the tall dude from American Gods, uh, the leprechaun. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. He's a ginger. Weird. He's the yeah, the tall leprechaun from American Gods. But uh, <laughs> if anyone can recall his name, there. So I, I know there's someone shouting it at the the their speakers right now. Um, thank goodness it's about it it's going to include chief driver uh yes okay. um yeah I'm, I'm very happy that this isn't like beating around the bush somewhere um oh you, know, you just like, missed chief he was just yeah, there right like that's he's not here anymore they can yeah. easily do that kind of thing and, and just have this as like oh yes we're exploring the cafeteria where the you know, Spartans ate their lunch every day. And it's like that, that kind of stuff's cool to explore sometimes like weird bits of the galaxy, but like this is, this is kind of the time for chief to shine. And it's, it's been so long in the make with, with movies and shows and this and that and whatever, like just let's get this out of development hell and like really rock it. So I'm hoping this kicks a ton of ass. Um, I would say if you want to take if uh, Mark, if I think if you watch The Witcher on Netflix, there's a way to take a, a protagonist that doesn't say a lot mm-hmm. and really do a lot with the character mm-hmm. and the people around him. So I, I think that that does not have to be an excuse just because Chief doesn't tell you a, a diatribe for 38 minutes and goes on a soliloquy and, and does these things. He can still be impactful with few words. So all we need is a minstrel to sing the toss a coin to your spartan and we we've got a hit on our hands get a really goofy ai that is this wacky sidekick it works writes itself i like it i like it um larry how are you feeling about this one you know there what was the the halo movie from a number of years back was it the fall of autumn well there was until dawn right was that was one of the series they did i think that was no it wasn't a series it was just like a movie Okay. But it was like a direct uh, DVD type dealio thingy. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I actually really liked it. So, uh, Halo is kind of take it or leave it for me as a series. That said, I've played through it all. I like the story. It's not the most super amazing thing to me, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, I really think it wasn't until like three and four that the story hit like peak excellence for me personally. And five was a rolling dumpster fire of trash, 
but but no, I'm I'm curious to see what they do with it. It'll I'll be interested to see if they can actually pull something worth a damn together because it feels like they've definitely danced around it long enough. Mm-hmm. So I looked it up. There is a, a collection that you can get right now called the Halo: The Complete Video Collection. It includes Halo Legends, Halo Forward Until Dawn, Halo Nightfall, and dawn. Halo. That's what it was. And Halo: The Fall of Reach. So there are various things they've done before, but I would say none of them have been really the pinnacle. And originally, this series was supposed to be on Showtime, which Showtime is a smaller uh, network, but I mean, has some critical success. But Paramount Plus is all of Viacom now, CBS and Viacom. So think of like Nickelodeon all the star Trek, all these things. So it's, it's getting to be like a bigger TV, thing, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So it's, it's, it's becoming a bigger thing. So I think this is a good home for it. So, um, and, uh, Charlie and I both have access to Paramount plus Mark. I'm not sure though, if it will work overseas in the land of Canada, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely not opposed to, uh, to jumping on a new streaming service, uh, even just for a bit. That's kind of how we, we operate it. Now in my house, uh, we have the standards like Disney plus that I just get a year subscription to, but, uh, some of the other ones I do basically month to month is like, we feel like watching something on this streaming service and we'll, we'll get it for a month and then we drop it and whatever. So, uh, that's, that's kind of how we're looking for it. So we'll see how, uh, Paramount plus, uh, goes when, when this drops, but speaking about dropping some halo goodness, holy crap, they did it. Like, there were rumblings that this was going to happen, but like, I, I don't, I didn't really believe them. I don't know about you guys, but like you see those kind of things and it's like this Spider-Man no way home trailer. That's going to have Godzilla and King Kong and Batman teaming up with all four teen representatives of Spider-Man from the 1970s onward. And like you, you hear all these kind of things and it's just like, okay, What's really going to happen? And they they freaking dropped Halo Infinite's multiplayer today. Like, what? What a treat. That's just great. I don't know. I Todd, you said you, you had a chance to jump in. I have not had a chance to jump into this multiplayer yet. What 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 are, what are your thoughts in the the quick bit that you've gotten to play? Sure. I mean, and and I really think this is where we are going to finally understand what it truly means to have the multiplayer be standalone. It's free. Anybody can play it if you have a PC or an Xbox. You are taking the barrier of $60 away or Game Pass away um, to play this game. Uh, you can buy season passes, things like that, to get in the, 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 the loop of it. And the cool part about this is the season passes apparently don't expire, so you can buy whatever season pass you want, play as you want, which is very unique, and I don't know how it works, but it's cool that it's there and it's very flexible uh, versus maybe a fortnight where it expires and you don't get to go back to those things. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Don't care. Um, but it, it's very, it just sounds more like DLC than a season pass. It kind yeah, of is. Really. And it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting where it lives and it's their way to basically say, by the way, multiplayer is the number one thing that is halo. I think that's the key message here. The campaign is interesting. But they know that only a small percent will probably play the campaign all the way through. Some people experiment, but you have to have own a copy or Game Pass. They know that's not how they're going to be going to play. So I think that's interesting that they've decoupled it. Which at first they said you can't do that, but I'm like, 
they're calling this a beta, but this is truly the launch because all of your progress carries forward. It's open to everybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm glad that they're just saying this is kind of a formality and the campaign is coming on December 8th and so this is when it officially launches. But you know what? It's all on like Donkey Kong. I played uh, some of the, uh, the, the the open stuff before uh, I tried it. So I jumped in just at the very like, you know, play with bots, play with the team, get to know the, the thing. I did that. Um, I'm probably not the greatest person to tell you about this. It feels like more Halo. <laughs> I don't know. I, the coolest thing about this, though, that I took away from it, I love the grappling hook. I think it's the coolest like thing they've added that makes traversal really cool and fun as a unique burst. Uh, they added a new weapon that I didn't, I'd not seen before, which I don't know if it's unique or not, but it's like basically a revolver shotgun, which I find very interesting, which is very cool. So it's like a six round revolver shotgun. So you've got slugs in it. You're good to go take on people. I played it. We won the first round. I only played the one round. Um, Retire. So what I'm, so I, <laughs> I, that's what top. I will do. I got, I got an achievement mark. I'm good to go. I'm day one. Hey, I'm in. I'm the best player there was. No, uh, but um, more will come. Like you can get this cool samurai armor that's coming that people saw at the, at the preview. Very cool. Um, what I'm hoping though is, and I don't know when it's coming, but I want PVE. I'm not a multiplayer like guys running around the map and killing each other. I want to play against a common enemy we don't have to worry about humans killing me we're having fun doing it so i hope that comes mm-hmm. um and i know we have to wait till we get uh co-op campaign like three months after it launches so that's where i'll be excited about the multiplayer where it's really playing with others for fun uh, in a bigger more context but i think if you like halo multiplayer this will make everybody excited because it looks beautiful and plays well and that's the best way i can speak to it Larry, you jumping into this? Is he, I know you said Halo is not really your jam, but is this something you're going to experiment with a little bit? Mm, probably not, because the extent of I played Halo, and I think it's all right. You know, it's it's a decently made game. It's not like I said my super my super jam, but uh, the the absolute antithesis of this is my jam is online multiplayer anything. I just don't. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like the worst people play video games online. And unfortunately they all have headsets too. Yeah. It's hard to mute people. I don't need that. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, when I was playing this though, Mark, that was the one thing I was, I'm so into Bungie and playing destiny. I wanted a double jump. Like right. with my guardian yep. and I didn't like it. So it's like, I'm like, ah, I just can't get into it. I moved on to destiny for my multiplayer when I play it and which that's where I prefer to be. But mm-hmm. I know this is a hallmark of Xbox. So, but I think it's not going to, it's going to bring those people that love it. I'm curious though. Anybody who has not been a halo fan, does it bring them into the yard? So I hope it does. Yeah. I'm really excited to see the amount of people that jump into this and, and who jumps in with, with, uh, it, and I was talking to someone at work today, even before this announcement, we were talking about games like coming into the fall and he, um, you know, he's, he's like one of those people that picks up like NHL and call of duty. And that's kind of what they pick up. But when, when I, I mentioned that halo was going to be free when it launched, I didn't know it was going to launch today, but, uh, halo is going to be free. And, and he was just like, Oh, I might actually try that out. Cause it's, you know, it's free. So why not? And, uh, and it's 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 going to be interesting going up against like Battlefield with 
fully paid multiplayer and like call of duty that's that's adding it on and and whatever and and like different modes and whatever but like this is like here play the play multiplayer and just go nuts um to your point i like yeah is is this going to bring in some kids that play Fortnite, or is this going to bring in people from call of duty that are used to that being their multiplayer game or or whatever other game like is is this going to bring people back and is halo going to kind of retain that top spot that it used to have back in the the xbox and the xbox 360 days or no you know are we just going to see even just a small subset of of people that like this becomes their jam and that's that's okay it's been six years right mm-hmm. so they've been kind of under the radar uh five nobody loved the campaign people loved the multiplayer though so uh, and once again, opening this up to everybody that's free to play, removing the barrier, I think is going to be a unique case study. And the funny part is they're going to make money off the multiplayer because they're going to have these season passes. So Microsoft doesn't really care how you play as long as you pay. That's it. For sure. I, I can't wait to jump yeah. in. So I think after yeah. we record, if I'm not falling asleep sitting here, I'm going to I'm gonna at least play one match, but I have been up since uh, about 20 to 6 this morning, so uh, I'm, I might not make it. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you know, the good thing is it's not going away. It's there. It's going to be there for you, buddy. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, you know what? I'm excited for Xbox. They brought in The Rock. That was my favorite. I hopefully right. everybody gets a Xbox fanny pack and the gold chain and a turtleneck. And we can have a good time. But, you know, congratulations, Xbox. This was an experiment that has lasted and is really a success story. So congratulations to the whole Xbox team. Mm-hmm. So very quickly, we're going to go to the bonus round. This is a fun topic that I don't think requires a lot of discussion. But this is really more of a level setting to say we've got game of the year coming up, folks, in like a month or so. Uh, so co-op mode will go through the whole year we will announce in January. So we are under no pressure to have something, uh, you know, games can go to the very last minute and speed decided. Mark and I will have our individual picks, and then the highest game that is on our playlist together will be our official game of the year. So um, I I can tell everybody how mine is done, but I want to hear, Larry, how do you go to, what is your methodology for your game of the year? Me personally, it's just which game I I that delivered the most for me. You know, uh, there on a personal level, I don't think there necessarily has to be any real significant rhyme or reason to it. To me, the big question is: is there a better way, a more quantifiable way, to define and pick? the game of the year for, you know, a lot of like the award shows and things like that. That's a hard one, right? Because we have, uh, magazines, uh, websites. Uh, I guess you could have individuals who pick their own on YouTube and, and streamers. And then you have the game awards, which we have, it's kind of like the overarching, like the, the most visible sign. They do a unique one where they get some uh, of the audience picks plus also a, I guess a list of uh, critics mm-hmm. that then also do there as well. So it's an interesting viewpoint. It's not like the Oscars, uh, you know, they actually should hopefully play the games. Uh, no one gauges if they actually finished it, what their biases, whatever. So that's unique yeah. viewpoint. So it's, 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 it's something for everybody. So um, I always call it the game of the year, not the best game, but game of the year for you. So that's mm-hmm. why I would view it as not the, 
prettiest game, the best performing game, mm. not the game that did the most or did the most unique things, but the game that really spoke to me the best and where people would scoff at me. But, you know, that's that's where I pose it. So, Mark, in, in your viewpoint, mm-hmm. uh, how do you come to your list? Yeah, it's it's an interesting like challenge, right? Like to, to Larry's point, like, is there a way to quantifiably say this is the best game? And I, I suppose there could be some criteria to to try to determine that of, you know, this game had the best graphics and sound and this and that. And I, I suppose if you really wanted to break it down, you could, but um, should you, I suppose? And I, I think it kind of comes down to how you look at games or how you define games. And for me, games are art. And so, so then, then you kind of get into the challenge of, you know, is, is one art qualify quantifiably better than another art? And, uh, and the answer could is, is probably no. And I mean, there, there are definite ways to say like a, a master, like, you know, the, the chances are that your four-year-old drawing a cat is, is probably not quantifiably better than the Mona Lisa or, uh, you know, something, whatever, but, you know, so like there, there, I guess quantifiably there, there are ways to determine that, but, um, if, if your four-year-old's picture of a cat speaks to you more than the Mona Lisa does, uh, then that's, that's going to be your favorite art. Um, and that's games to me is, uh, yes, I do appreciate the technical skill and, uh, and level of expertise and the science part that goes into it with, with graphics and, and engineering and all that kind of stuff. But, um, at, at the, the base level, Uh, I appreciate the art and that can mean a whole bunch of different things again, depending on my mood. So uh, like movies, I I can appreciate a a very serious kind of more artistic traditional Oscar worthy kind of film, or I can enjoy something incredibly stupid that I just eat popcorn and watch things explode for two hours. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted. Uh, And, and (laughs) to me, video games can be that. And, and depending on my mood of the year or whatever, um, it goes back to why I liked Anthem, which, you know, <laughs> had a whole ton of problems, but that game meant something to me while I was playing it. Uh, it, it didn't get my game of the year that year, but it still had a very special place. Um, so those kind of things factor into games for me and my game of the year decision. And, uh, and, and with games, there's also the nostalgia factor, which, which I suppose, uh, could be a bit of art and a bit of feeling and that, and that kind of thing. So, um, while I think games may be easier from certain standpoints, uh, because of all the science and technology and, and technical things that we can measure, like we can measure pixel counts and we can measure frame rates and, and this and that uh, to probably say this is the most technically impressive game of the year. And I'm sure someone that there are YouTube pages that, that, like I said, go through when they count individual pixels and say there's screen tearing here, or there's this here and that there. Uh, and I love those channels. They're amazing. I don't have the patience to do any part of that, but damn, someone does it. And that's incredible. Uh, for me, um, if you've listened to this show, I'm like, 
especially for our game of the year discussions, I'm like making it up as I go along. I'm like, yeah, maybe I'm going to put this game at number two. And Todd's like, for God's sake, Mark, we had a year to figure this out. Like you can't have your top five list already picked. Um, but that's, that's it for me. It's, 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 it's emotional, it's artistic and it's, uh, it's tough to, to, to give full reasons why sometimes, but that's, that's also kind of why I love video games. So, um, that's that's kind of how I pick. It's it's a, a little bit of technical and a whole lot of uh, how am I feeling about the the art. I feel like you're kind of like me on that. It's just you know the the majority of it just boils down to what game made me the happiest. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it's it's unique because gaming is a hobby where performance of the game matters movies don't like that movie chugged or there was <laughs> or that book oh my god i couldn't even the open the pages was the worst. I, I will exactly. say i was in uh I, I forget which m night Shyamalan movie maybe the village um mm-hmm. but so it was it was um like on film i suppose and and movie theaters yeah. are supposed to cut the film or or, or do something to it um, so I kept seeing like boom mics and stuff. Oh no. <laughs> like in the frames that they didn't cut it right. So Oops. I kept seeing all this behind the scenes shit. And I was like, is this part of the twist? Cause like any other movie, you're going to be like, oh my God, they screwed up. We're actually filming an, a film for an M night right. movie. I was like, oh, yeah. this is part of the twist. Yeah. Like, I wasn't supposed to yeah. see that boom mic drop into the frame no. for a second there. But like, no, I actually wasn't like it completely ruined the experience. That's so so like, weird. It might not yeah. be screen tearing, but there's some shit in movies that, can still bring you out of the experience for sure. Or how you saw the movie. Like I saw the original <laughs> fellowship of the rings in a movie theater in Korea where they, it was badly lit because they kept on bringing the lights up. It had subtitles on the side. It was just a bad experience. So yeah, it's weird that, and then you also have to be good at games. Like you don't have to be good at watching movies. I mean, you can be dumb, <laughs> you know, you're like, I don't understand what happened, but it's like in a game, you gotta be good at it. If you, if in, in, and somebody's like dark souls, is not going to be your game of the year because right. it doesn't, you can't beat it or it just, it just doesn't click with you. So gaming is I such a weird, well, it, it could like, I, I tried the original, the, the, the most recent was it demon souls on PS five. Mm-hmm. I tried it. It's just not for me. Cause I'm like, yeah. I don't grok that type of gameplay. Other people like myself would probably go in wreck house and you have a greatest time in the world. So it's, it's becomes some games have to click from a, a, a play style. And can you even play them? Does it get you? Does it, struck does it frustrate you and it's like ah, i don't like that because i get made me mad and i want to play that game like that so um my process is a little bit more analytical i'm a planner by trade that's what i do i keep a list of all the games and as i track them i'm like did i complete it what was my feeling for the time what did i grade it i give games a grade a one out of ten as i play them so when i get to the end of game of the year i can kind of track them from the smallest game to the biggest game and then i can track them to say well what was there and i'm like what's going out did i you know so i try to at least give it that way so i go back and look at from the beginning of the year to the end of the year and mark and i will probably have to reconsider doing only count games that came out this year i think that would be interesting if we said we go back because sometimes you're in our gaming logs are a big deal mm. and if you only consider recency then maybe the, this year's did not have as good as game as last year that game you can finally 
added into your your library that you played. So we'll have to consider that mark again where our, where our criteria criteria is. But I mean, yeah, I totally feel it. And, and yeah, to my point, it may not be the it may not be the best game you played, but it may be the game you love the most. Mm. If that's a point, because sometimes it is feeling how you played it, your emotional response, how those things came into it. There's some like synergy with games and how you're feeling at the time. So, and obviously then can you actually finish the games you want to finish by the end of the year too? That's tough. Cause your backlog is getting at you and it's like, Oh crap, I'm not going to beat far cry six by the end of the year. I don't know if hours of my life left <laughs> <laughs> for this year. Uh, that, that sounded really dire but that's true i mean mm. uh it's the type of game it is so that's that's going to be interesting to see how it plays out but i think everybody has a rationale for it and i'm glad that mark we're giving ourselves more time to go through the whole year of 2021 before we announce ours in mm. uh january so mark please document your games and please create a list I'll try. <laughs> for anyone that's listened you know that i've rated games on how many chicken nuggets I give those games. So like I'm, I'm far less analytical than Todd and, and <laughs> I'll try, I'll try. I promise. Okay. So Larry for world War one, one, uh, when are you doing your, uh, game of the years or do you do one? Um, we did it once and we've never really gone back to it, honestly. Okay. So I, if it makes you feel any better, it's a real short list this year for me. It's, it's a done and done. There's an obvious answer. There's only one right answer. Yeah. Okay. That's why I love okay. you, buddy. That's the one. <laughs> good to know. I good to know. Got the Metroid Amiibo, by the way, they just came in the other. Oh, day. okay. Very good. I've got oh, mine up there ones? on mm-hmm. so boxed. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Well, you know, folks, uh, let us know how you're going to pick your game of the years because we'd like to hear what yours are. And we'll probably ask for that, Mark, in the podcast when we do our announcements. So uh, we'll we'll have our announcements. We'll probably do top 10. Each of us do top 10 and come together and correlate what will be our game of the year in 2022. So there you go. That is it for the podcast. But um, before we depart, we did Extra Life we contributed. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I got 250 bucks for my campaign towards extra life for the Phoenix overdrive nation. They hit 22 over 22,000 Mark. Uh, Mark, you did pretty well too towards your goal. 200. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, that's good progress in year one. We did streaming. We had fun. Uh, I made a fool out of myself while I was streaming. That's well worth the price of admission. So we are still collecting. So if you want to donate, uh, Mark and I will add in the show notes how you can contribute to our Extra Life Charities. I probably need to get back on the stream some more just so I'm at least giving back to the community. Uh, Mark will probably not get another tattoo, but he might get his touched up. <laughs> I hope. It, so far, it's it's uh, it's going well. I hope I don't need a, a touch-up or anything like that. But uh, like I said... I I just bought a new laptop and a new capture card and I've been looking up the, the best settings for OBS and all that kind of stuff and making plans uh, both by myself to stream some stuff. But my wife is also like super on board and super excited to get back into streaming. So we're, we're already planning like some super Mario party, some uh, Mario Kart, some Lego games and that kind of stuff that she loves to play with me and, uh, and, and do some streaming. So I think we're going to try for at least a couple of nights a week, starting off like nothing too serious, but like she's gung ho about it. So I'm, I want to run with it, man. And, and I'm excited to, uh, to get back in and, um, you know, the more 
the more I can make this take off, the more I can do for this kind of thing, for this kind of event and, and keep going with extra life through the year or different charities that I can, I can jump onto. So I'm, I'm really excited for this new laptop and everything to get going. So, uh, it's, it's going to be an exciting, hopefully an exciting 2022 when I can really dive into this. Absolutely. So Larry, before we leave, tell people how they can find you on the interwebs. And if they want to game with you, how would they do that? Oh, good Lord. Uh, as far as gaming with me, I, I, it's not that I, you know, don't wanna. I just don't do much of multiplayer. But you know, if you want to be creepy and see what the hell I'm playing on Switch most of the time, uh, you know, uh, what is it? The Nintendo ID. That's the thing. Um, what is uh, Chozo Born? Um, Twitter. There's there's a whole host of places to find me because I run a whole bunch of Twitter stuff for a whole bunch of different podcasts. Um, but my, my personal is uh, bearded wonder. Like I said, the replace the first and the last E with a three, uh, you know, world one underscore one podcast. Uh, Todd, you know, you and I do, uh, I'd play that for a dollar at uh, play for a dollar. Um, Mark, I know, you know, given what you just said about my game of the year pick, you should be checking us out over on, uh, you know, at phase on labs. Absolutely. Perfect. 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 Awesome. Thank you, Larry, for joining us tonight. This was a pleasure before we go, Mark, where can people follow you on, uh, the interwebs plus your gaming, if they want to join you, they can find me on Xbox and switch just as the, or sorry, as Canardian, uh, and Twitter at the underscore Canardian. Pretty simple. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm on Twitter at Tioxtra and on uh, the various platforms, Spartion98 on Xbox and Switch and Spartion1998 on PSN. So there you go, folks. Another episode. We had a blast. Happy uh, birthday, uh, Xbox. And with that, Mark, thank you. Larry, thank you. And remember, folks, it's always better to game together. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.